The following message was recorded at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. More information can be found online at Bethlehem.Church. Sermon text today will be in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And the provided blue pew Bibles, that's on page 857. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the sayings that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray together. Father in heaven now, we ask that you be glorified through Christ Jesus and thereby through Christ, give us your peace, now and forever. Pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. This is the sixth sermon from Luke chapters 1 and 2. We've been in uh, examining the events surrounding the birth of Christ as Luke has put them before us. And so just to give you a little bit of context, if you weren't here last week, last week we began Luke chapter 2. It's a very familiar account where Caesar Augustus issues a decree that all the world would be uh, enrolled in a census requiring Mary and Joseph to go to Joseph's ancestral home, Bethlehem. And while they were there, The baby Jesus was born just as it had been foretold in the prophets. And so we marveled at the sovereignty of God over human history and in particular in these events. And then we marveled all the more at the incarnation that Jesus, the eternal Son of God, took on flesh and became the son of Mary in order to die for our sins. So that was last week, and I'm just going to pick up the narrative where it left off. 
the last verse of last week's text was this, that Mary had given birth to her firstborn son, the Son of God, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. That's verse 7. Now our text begins in verse 8 with the announcement of an angel to the shepherds nearby. So it's interesting. It's significant. I mean, God is sovereign over all this. This is not an accident that the first group of people that God announces the birth of Christ to is a group of shepherds nearby. Verse 8, in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. You know, why the shepherds? Uh, Why not the important people? You know, the mayor, uh, the priests and the Levites, the the Pharisees. Why Why not the governor, the respected people, the businessmen, the educated, the elite, the successful? You know, Marketing research says influence the influencers and you'll influence everybody, right? Well, that's not how God does it. Why the shepherds? They were of low social standing. I was told they were like right at the bottom. Right down there with sinners and Samaritans and tax collectors. They had a reputation of being dishonest. They were poor and uneducated and and they were outcasts, the kind of people that that the good people of Bethlehem wouldn't have over for dinner. But of this very thing, Mary had sung in the Magnificat, remember? God has exalted those of humble estate. And she wasn't just talking about her. And Jesus went about his ministry. Remember when he set out uh, reading from the, the scroll of Isaiah, beginning his earthly ministry, describing what his mission was. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has, he has anointed me to preach good news to the, to the poor. So why did God choose to proclaim the good news of Christ first to this group of shepherds? for the glory of his name. That he would show himself to be gracious and compassionate and merciful to the undeserving. That's why. He he announces the news to people that don't kind of think they have it coming. Well, I'm a good person. I should get the news first. It's the opposite. God brought the news to the shepherds to show the glory of his name, to show himself merciful, gracious in saving sinners who are undeserving. Paul would later describe this to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 1, 26. He says, God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world so that no one, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God, but let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. 
That's why God chose the shepherds. So now the shepherds are out there like every other night, you know, they're out there watching their flocks. Some of them are staying up all night to to keep watching, you know, keep the predators away, make sure none of the sheep stray. And, and an angel comes and splits the night with the glory of God. I assume dazzling light. Verse 9. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. You know, if an angel like Gabriel... Uh, who had appeared to Zechariah and Mary, uh, appeared to you in the middle of the night, you would be terrified. I promise you, you would just be terrified. Why? Why would we be terrified? Um, I mean, this glory, I, I just love it how, how uh, Gabriel put it to Zechariah. Look, I stand in the presence of God, and you're asking me questions? You see, radiating, radiating out, reflecting the glory of God. You would be terrified. Why? Because God is other. God is divine. God is holy. God is God. And this angel smells like God. What, what did I do? And that's where our awareness of our sin comes in. Remember Peter. Away from me, for I'm a sinful man. And Isaiah, woe is me, for I'm unclean. You'd be terrified too. You'd be terrified too. But the first command, the first word of the angel is a command. It's a command. Fear not. Don't be afraid. And then the angel explains why. Verse 10, for behold, or look, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Climb into it. This is good news. This, This is the appearance of the angel of God is not the bad news of your day of judgment has come. I'm a goner. It's not that day. That day will come, and if you don't have a Savior, it will be bad news for you. But no, this is not judgment day. Why? Verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Boy, I tell you, I, I, I love this verse. I said this last year. I probably said it the year before and the year before and the year before. I love this verse. Just the gospel in a nutshell. And as I envision it, the, the angel is looking at the shepherd square in the eye when he says his word, you. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. And, and I tell you, at this point in the, in the message, I thought, of, I thought of you. You, you. <laughs> and I thought of all the yous that <laughs> maybe grow up in church and you, as a child, you sit in the pew and you hear the news and you sing the hymns 
and or maybe you're a teenager and you're you're here and you're growing up doing the same thing or maybe you're an elderly person and you've heard the news and yet it has not landed with God's saving effective calling power that the you comes into your heart and mind with faith. And I think it did come in with faith for the shepherds because they obeyed the angel and they came back praising God. You don't praise God for the birth of the Savior apart from faith. So here's what I was thinking. I was thinking, what if I did this? And prayed that God would come by His Spirit. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of Christ. I'll speak this Word. And maybe, whether you're young or old, God would come by His Word, through His Spirit, that the you would be met with your faith and you would be saved. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You, to you, he's been born. The Savior is for you and you and you and you and you. I love this you here. It's for you. May God meet this text in your head by giving you faith in your heart to say yes. The Savior is for me. And embrace Christ as your treasure and Lord and Savior. <clears throat> then the, the angel gave them a sign. Verse 12. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And at that, the angel could have disappeared into the night and, you know, the darkness would have come back, but it's the exact opposite that happened. You know, what, whatever the candle power is for one angel, it all of a sudden <laughs> multiplied, exploded <laughs> with light. Uh, verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a great multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So the, 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 the night was night, and then it was bright, and then it's super bright. As the angels are declaring, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So the angels are praising God that this birth brings, and is what it was intended and planned to bring, and it will bring glory to God and peace among those whom God is pleased. Two big purposes of God. His glory and peace to those whom God is pleased. Let's just think about the glory of God here that they're singing about. You know, the angels, they sang like this before. God did something really big, and, and the angels came out in mass and sang. Do you know when this was? 
when God created the universe and he massively displayed his glory in all creation, the angels broke out into song according to Job 38, 6 and 7. When God laid the foundation of the earth, the text says, the angels sang together and shouted for joy. And here, all the more, with the birth of the incarnate, the eternal Son of God, born the Son of Mary, the angels break forth, glory to God in the highest, the highest places, the highest of heaven and all the way down through the earth and the universe. God is being glorified here. How? By the birth of the eternally the, the eternal son. In his person. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the radiance of the Father's glory. He glorifies God in all that he is and all that he says and in all that he does. And he he will glorify God by his saving work. And God's justice will be seen bright and clear as he dies for sinners. And God's mercy will be displayed, his love, as he raises from the dead, our sins paid for. And by our Savior, we're reconciled to God and have his peace. God will be glorified. God will be glorified. That's what they're singing about. The multitude of the heavenly angels praises God that God's purpose in the coming of his son is that God is and will be glorified through his son, this baby, the Messiah, in the highest place and everywhere. What about the second thing they declare? Peace among those with whom he is pleased on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. Verse 14. This, this word peace. This is, this, is, this is God's, the fullness of God's peace. This is, the, this is all that Jesus has pur- purchased for us in our salvation. All the good. This is shalom. This is when everything's right and good and as it should be. Peace. First of all, it's peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's an end to our enmity with God because of our sin. It's an end to our alienation. It's reconciliation with God by the death of Christ and forgiveness of our sins and being adopted and loved as God's very own children and living in the peace of our reconciliation with God. And, and secondly, it's, it's peace between people, love for neighbors and love for one another. You know, the wording of the old King James is really confusing. Peace on earth, uh, goodwill to men. Uh, Modern translations don't do that again. It's very confusing. It makes it sound like Jesus has come to bring a, a general foggy kind of a peace, like a like a cultural Christianity kind of piece that we would just do good things to each other? That's not what this is saying. It's not. 
peace among those with whom he is pleased. So this is a peace that God brings through Christ among those with whom he is pleased. Who who are those people? I mean, didn't we just say that that God announced the news to the shepherds because there was nothing in them to deserve it? Who are those with whom he is pleased? Give you one cross reference Hebrews 11. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because those who come to God must believe that he is and he rewards those who seek him. Who are these people with whom God is pleased that don't have anything to offer to deserve their salvation? It's people of faith. It's people who believe the promise of the gospel. It's, It's people who believe that this Savior Jesus has been born for them. It's you. It's the you from a few minutes ago. It's you. Savior born for you. You believe and you're brought into this, this peace that God is being glorified in as he establishes it here on earth among those who believe in his son. That's, that's those with whom he is pleased. So this is, this is a beautiful knitting together. Mary did the same thing. Our mission statement does the same thing. Here, God is being glorified through his son as his son comes and and saves the people of the world, reconciling us to himself, and we receive the joy. We receive the peace. We receive satisfaction and joy forever and ever and ever in him. Now, all the angels departed. And now, I presume it got really dark and the shepherds couldn't see anything for, for a while. But they, they believed the word of the angels, or of the angel, and the angels, I guess, and they went. Remember, the, the angel had said, here's a sign. So they went. Verse 16, or excuse me, 15, let us go to, over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And just note, he took the word of the angel as the word of the Lord. The Lord's made this known to us in verse 16. They believed the word of the Lord, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, just like the angel had said. <laughs> and the angels presumably worshipped and praised God. Verse 17 is interesting. I, I hadn't thought about this before. Finding Mary and Joseph and the baby and whoever else was there, well, the animals were there, but I don't know who else might have been there. They made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. So you get that? So they they get to to the manger, to the stable, to Mary and Joseph and Jesus, and they make known the saying that they've been told. So I never thought about this. The, the shepherds then now relay what they heard from the angel and the angels to Mary and Joseph. 
I mean, <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking, so they, they come in and they say, look, we were tending the sheep and it was pitch dark. It was the middle of the night. Half of us were asleep. And then, and then this angel in, interrupted the night and, and out of nowhere, our eyes were flooded with this light. And then maybe another shepherd busted in and said, and we were terrified. We were scared to death. We thought, what have we done? And then, and then some, one of the other angels, or excuse me, shepherds busts in and says, and the angel spoke to our fear. He said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, for unto you, unto you, unto me, and you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And he even told us that we would, we would find you like this. Baby in a manger, wrapped in swaddling cloths. Surely the only baby laying in a manger in Bethlehem, in all of Israel. Then another shepherd busts in and says, and there was a heavenly host. There was a sky full of angels. And the, angel, the angels declared glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom God is pleased. And, you know, and verse 18, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. So they're hearing this, they're going, whoa. Verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things and, pon and pondering them in her heart. So all who heard, I don't know who's there, for sure Mary and Joseph, all who heard wondered at what the shepherds told them. Savior born, manger, glory, peace, and Mary's gathering this all up, treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. I mean, so she's got quite a collection now. She's got her own experience with Gabriel. She will conceive by the Holy Spirit the promise of the birth of Christ, the virgin birth. She knows Joseph's account from Matthew. She knows Elizabeth and, and uh, Zachariah's account of the birth of the forerunner to the Messiah. And now she knows the words of the angels interpreting what's going on. A Savior has been born for you. Glory to God in the highest. This child will bring glory to God in the highest and peace among those with whom God is pleased. She's just soaking all this up, soaking all this up. And, and the reason I make much of that here is you think, where did Luke get all this stuff in Luke 1 and 2? From Mary, likely, in all probability. She's the one that's got it all. And Luke's a good historian. Went about interviewing people, interviewed Mary, and in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote down 
the record of the scriptures that we have for us in Luke 1 and 2 that you may have certainty that Jesus is who he says he is. The account closes, verse 20, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. (laughs) So that's it. Next week, we will celebrate Christmas Eve in the morning, more of a normal uh, worship service. We'll sing and praise the Lord. Not normal, because it's Christmas Eve morning. But then Christmas evening, we'll gather at 5 o'clock for a Christmas Eve service, a candlelight service. We'll sing, read scriptures. I'll have a brief, probably 10-minute devotional. And... And I just want to underscore the importance of the Christmas Eve service. I mean, I was talking to a, a father on Wednesday just about Christmas traditions. This was on Wednesday night out in the main hall. Just how important. They're, they're, they're striving to establish Christian traditions that Christ would be the center of their Christmas and that it wouldn't be intruded by all this other stuff. And, and as a young couple, Kathy and I really early resolved to do the same thing. I mean, the the intrusion of the secular is comprehensive, pervasive. I I saw a poll that said the the number one Christmas song in the United States of America is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. And she's not talking about Jesus. (laughs) I also heard that the number one hated Christmas song is Mariah Carey's (laughs) All I Want for Christmas is You. So you're thinking, we're going to do Christmas Eve as Christians. We're going to set up these traditions or continue these traditions as Christians for our family, our kids, our, our, our siblings, our parents. If your parents are still living, we're going to do it as, Christian, as Christians. And so here's my thought. It was funny. We're, we, were, we were talking about the Christmas Eve service, and somebody pointed out, well, you know, there's a Vikings game on Christmas Eve. And we didn't know what time it was going to be at that time. So we scheduled 5 o'clock. Like, we're doing Christmas as Christians. We're going to gather. We're going to worship. So I, I just say all that to say this. Like, however you arrange your Christmas meal, don't set it up at 5 p.m. when the Christmas Eve service starts. Do it at noon when the Vikings kick off. <laughs> or some other time. 6.30, but come, I just hope you come and, and sing and worship. And confession, uh, last year we botched up the candles bad. We're going we're gonna to fix that. <laughs> we, we need like 50 volunteer candle lighters, but we're, we're going to do much better. Get the candles lit, sing Silent Night, and close, and uh, praise the Lord together. Father in heaven, Father in heaven, thanks so much for your word. Oh, how I pray that that the words of the multitude of the heavenly hosts would be true in each of our hearts and each of our homes. Glory to God in the highest and, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I pray that you would receive glory in us and through us, right now and through the week, 
And as we worship you this Christmas season, and that you've received glory because we, we believe, we trust in Christ, the Savior and Lord. And I pray that we would know your peace as those who please you by faith. Not, not that we bring anything to you at all, but as little children we receive in faith your grace to us in Christ Jesus, now and forever, reconciled with you. We know your peace. And so come. Come this season among the people of Bethlehem and in our extended families, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without written permission from Bethlehem Baptist Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at Bethlehem.Church or write us at 720 13th Avenue South, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55415. Bethlehem Baptist Church, spreading a passion for the supremacy of God in all things, for the joy of all peoples, through Jesus Christ.